11. We're going to read one quick verse here. Reading in verse number 2 real quickly for the sake of time. It says in verse number 2, The works of the Lord are great, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. We've already heard about how great our God is. We've already heard about how the good things He's done for us and all that He's done for us, even though we don't deserve it from the song, from the first message. We've heard about how good our God is. So I want to look at this scripture here. Uh, we'll go through this quick little verses here. Uh, but verse number 2, it says, The works of the Lord are great. See, I want to look. We'll look through these six verses here. It's a psalm of praise. The title of some in certain Bibles is the greatness of God's works or the hallelujah praise unto the Lord. Imitating that we must address ourselves to the use of the psalm with our hearts disposed to praise God. The psalm is exhorting to praise God. See, first off, he is setting himself up for an example. See, he furnishes us no matter the praise from the works of God, the greatness of his works to glorify them, the righteousness of them, the goodness of them, and then the power in them. See, he recommends a holy fear of God and the consciousness obedience to his commands as the acceptable way of praising God. As it says in verse number 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding, have all that do this commandments, his praise endureth forever. I want to look at verse number four real quickly. Verse number four, it says, He hath made wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. So first off, we look at verse number, verse number two, uh, the word, the works of the Lord are great. But verse number four, it says, He is gracious and full of compassion. So God not only has power in His works, as we've already heard about the powerful things He does for us and the good things He done for us, but He has passion in His works. See, God cares about us so much. So when he does things for us, he does them with compassion. Psalms eighty six fifteen. But thou, O Lord, art full of are God full of compassion and gracious, long suffering and plenty, plenteous in mercy and truth. First in mind of the psalmist was great God's great work of grace and love. He is full of these qualities. His being expresses them in his great works. So he is full of compassion towards his people, as appears from his works and care towards us and sparing us pardoning us, restoring and preserving us when we deserve nothing from him. See, it's a further instance of grace and compassion. He has given the meat to those who fear him. As it says in verse number five, he gives them their daily bread, food covenant for them. So he does others by common providence. But those who fear him, he gives a covenant of pursuit of the promise. For it follows, he will be mindful of the covenant so that they can taste covenant love and common mercies. Some refer to the manna which God has fed the people in Israel wilderness. Others will spoil the other Egyptians when they come out of the great substance according to the promise. So God is promising them. He is promising them manna. He has given compassion to them to give them the things that they need. Genesis fifteen fourteen, And also that nation whom they shall serve, I will judge afterward and shall come out with great substance. They were getting substance. They were getting great things. From God that they didn't even deserve. See, we don't even deserve to be here. I don't even deserve to be behind this pulpit preaching to y'all. None of us deserve to be where we are tonight. But I'm thankful that God had compassion to us. So that way he would go to crawl on the cross and die for our sins. Just because he had so much care for somebody he didn't even know. Somebody who wasn't even on the face of the earth. He had so much compassion. 
and he died for them so we could be here today. See, they are very kind works. In them, the Lord shows that he is gracious and he's full of compassion. He'll never run out of care for us. See, God pardoning sin is the most wonderful of all his works and most great things of his compassion in which we ought to be remembered for his glory. And Psalm seventy-eight thirty-eight. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up his wrath. So that's why it says in verse number four, it says he made his wonderful works to be remembered. That's why it says in this verse, it, they need to be remembered for all the great things he's done for us. We need to remember what he's done. So that's why when we're down and we're wondering how we're going to make it through, as Brother Ashton said, there's going to be trials and there's going to be times when we're down. We can remember the great compassionate things that God has done before and we can get through. Then I want to look at verse number one. It says, praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. So not only is there passion in his works, but there's praise for his works. There needs to be praise for his works. See, God has been powerful and he's been compassionate towards us. So we ought to praise him. Psalms 103 two. bless the Lord. O my soul, forget not all his benefits. He's been good to us, even though we don't deserve it. Like I said before, his works should be remembered so we can praise him for them. See, he has made wonderful works to be remembered. He's done that and which instituted ways, which means keeping some of them in remembrance as deliverance of Israel to Egypt by the Passover. He has made himself a memorial by his wonderful works. See, Psalms 111, it starts out with a simple declaration. He's declaring that he will praise God. He's declaring that no matter what anybody else does, I will praise it was if the psalmist thought, before I describe how I'll praise him, let me simply declare his praise. The declaration also had the idea of encouraging others to do the same, as it says, and in the congregation. He's saying, I'm going to be an example. I'm going to do it in front of everybody that I know, in front of people that I don't know. I'm going to set an example of praising God for the things that he's done for me. So if you see someone in church giving thanks, if you see us hooping and hollering because we're just so excited about the things that God's done, it's to make you want to get excited a little bit. Because if you don't have nothing else to be excited about, you should be excited that God has saved you and you're here tonight. And I'm running a little long on time, so I'll just stop here. Uh, but it says we should praise him with our whole heart. We should praise him with everything we've got, with nothing left. See, Psalms 103.1, bless the Lord, all my soul, all that's within me, bless his holy name. He's done so much for us that all that we can give is not even enough. So we will praise the Lord with our whole heart. See, Spurgeon said, God cannot acceptably be praised with a divided heart. Neither should we attempt to dishonor him for our whole heart is little enough for his glory. And there could be no reason why we shouldn't lift up his praise. See, we must remember God's greatness in his works. I'm thankful there is power and passion in his works. So with that, we should praise him for them.